Well, that's the thing I notice. I notice about cons uh, as I get older is there are fewer and fewer of the um, folks I'm, I was used to seeing. You know, it's a uh, it seems to be. I mean, I guess it was at the time too. It's just a younger audience. It's easier for younger people to get out, get the table, make the flights, do the hotel, do do all that. And folk, you know, folks get older. They have more obligations, family, more difficult to travel, health, whatever. You know, so it's it's definitely not the SPX it was, say, in 2009, but it's still, a, you know, a very interesting thing. It's just... Um, you, you've got a lot more energy to do things yeah, like does. comics on the side when you're younger. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. Yeah, you, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of people have to, um, you know, you have to have a job in this, in this uh, you know, most people have to have work anyway. And um, it's not, as you get older, you don't have the energy for both. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's comics is comics, making comics is pretty, pretty rough. It's tough. There's, there's no, there's very little income in it, you know, for most people there, it, it's, uh, it's, you have to do it because you love it. And even, even if you do love it, sometimes you just don't have the time or energy for it. I had Dan Klaus on the show recently and he's obviously, you know, about, as on the top of one's game as one can possibly be. And he's still, he still needs to do illustration. I think, I think he told me at one point, I don't think, I don't know if it was, it's probably an interview that I did a while back, but that, um, the most of his income comes from selling original pages. Really? I think from what I know, it's similar with where, and those guys, they're able to sell their, um, pages for, for, they they tend to do okay with it. Uh, I'm I'm the same, I, but I'm not able to sell my pages for at Klaus wear levels. But I a lot of my income besides freelance comes from being able to sell original art. Um, and a lot of I've been asked why why I don't give digital art a try. And uh, while I have I personally have nothing against digital art, uh, one it's you know it, it would take I would have to relearn how to do everything. A, a, a lot of aspects of drawing but uh in the end i wouldn't have a physical piece to show for my efforts um that i'd be able to sell you know yeah i was reading through your blog um very very candid which which i appreciate and you you know one one of the things you had said is there was a point in your life when you really consciously made the decision that this was the thing that you were going to do full time how how long ago was that well, I've always wanted it. Um, just, well, sure. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, but uh, it became possible when I left Chicago. We, my my wife and I met in Chicago, and we were kind of at a crossroads where we could either move back to Japan, where she was from, or move back to where I was from, where we could focus on being, you know, she's a ceramicist, so we both wanted to focus on our art. And uh, I grew up in Northwest Missouri, and I'm here now, um, it's you know, we we I grew, my family has land. Uh, farmland, you know, not a lot, but uh, we were able to take a corner of it and build a house. And we, I tried like teaching for a while, I just to keep having a job. And I just, the older I get, the more, the more I realized I, I just wasn't capable of holding down a regular job uh, uh, because of uh, neurodivergence. And I was like, well, I, it, one thing I feel that is a strength of mine is making comics uh, as far as like from my perspective. And I, I just been ter- determined to make it work all of my life. And about, I say 11 years ago was the last time I had a job, like a, 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 we'll go into, you know, deal with the boss kind of job. 
And um, I've been trying to make it work ever since. It's been much more difficult these last few years with the pandemic and uh, and uh, um, everything else that's been going on sociopolitically. Uh, it's uh, freelance work is more difficult to come by, uh, and ways of making it work are more difficult to come by. So you know that I have to. Like many artists, I have to tend. I have to turn towards asking for help, which you know, I've uh, I've set up a fun go like a GoFundMe type thing just to help making comics for now uh, while I get what freelance work I can done. But you know, there's ups and downs. I fingers crossed things get better for artists. But anytime, anytime there's an economic downturn, uh, arts are about the first thing to go because it's in in in. Uh, in our country, it's viewed as frivolous, apparently. And you know this as well as anybody, but you, you don't do yourself any favors by focusing on these really long-form books that take you years to finish. No, not at all. I, I knew going into it, it was what I was getting into. It was it was going to hurt. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just, I, I guess with a long-form book, it was a way, it's like, I'm getting older. I do better when I'm able to work on continue working on a project. I noticed after finishing Skyscrapers of the Midwest, I hit a wall. And uh, it wasn't just because I finished the book, but um, there were other complications in my life. But And it resulted in Driven by Lemons. Um, but I noticed that if I have a project I can keep working on, I don't hit that. You know, it's like a post... I've never given birth to a child, obviously. Uh, but it's a it's a, like a postpartum depression type thing. It's, it's out and it's... it's uh, I have trouble picking myself back up so i was like well if i do a really long pick a uh, really long series I'll, i won't have to worry about that which isn't true at all i've i've hit all sorts of walls <laughs> but you, you find ways to keep yourself fooled and to keep going you know <laughs> one of the ways that you you were uh, describing it again in, in the post was um that you wanted to finish the current series before you basically lost the ability to to draw through old age, yeah, well, which I assume like is a little bit maybe jokey or hyperbole, but then there's also some truth to it. Well, yeah, there's, there's, I'm, I'm prone to hyperbole, but I, I do have carpal tunnel now. Um, and it's getting, it's getting harder to hold on to a pen. So I'm kind of joking about it, but you know, it's, uh, the reality is I, I have to, I don't know how long I'll be able to hold a pen if, you know, or I, if I do, it, it, I won't be able to draw the same detail I, I did when I was younger. So I'd like to, you know, be able to finish not away before it's just kind of me holding holding a pen a, a leaking pen in my cl- right claw right you know it becomes a claw and i i just uh i don't know i don't know what's in the, in the future for my body because it's uh as you probably know age age isn't exactly kind <laughs> unfortunately my eyes and my hand and my back it's uh <laughs> I have a herniated disc right now in sciatica, so I'm technically oh, leave my apartment. Oh, sciatica is terrible. <laughs> yeah, and you get hunched over. Like I, I, I bought a cane, and I'm just like, oh yeah. I, I guess like if I didn't know that I was old before, like it's it it's very clear you. to me now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, sitting at a desk has has given me all sorts of um, for you know a few decades has has. Uh, it, it, my body's reminding me what I've done. <laughs> Was it difficult to ask for help initially? Oh yeah, it's, it's, it, goes, it goes against my it goes against my nature. I, I'd, I'd rather I, I, I grew up like you know 
that Puritan work ethic. I grew up in farmland around um, Midwesterners, so I, I have it built into me that you know that fierce independence that's causing a few problems these days. Uh, I know where that comes from. So it's, to, so to ask for help isn't doesn't come naturally, um, at least to a person from rural Missouri. But uh, like I said, I'm determined to work and I know to make comics work. And I know the comics community, uh, I've been a part of it long enough that I know they care and we help each other out, you know, and if, if there's a crowdfunder I can help out with, I do, I do so as well. But I know there are people out there who want to read not away. It's not an enormous audience, but uh, I find that they're willing to help me out um, so I can continue with the work. And, but 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 initially I was I it goes against my nature to to do anything like that. You know we've known each other for a long time. I've been familiar with your work for a long time, and I think there's a degree to which when somebody's around making things for a while, you start to to take them for granted. You know, you, you, you take for granted that they're going to make another book. You take for granted that you're going to have another on my end another uh, opportunity to have a conversation with them. But I think what you did, whether and I don't know how intentional it was, but you, you kind of reminded people that that you're here, that you're that you're making work. Yeah, it wasn't my intention uh, to draw. I'm also I've, I've, I'm strange about drawing attention to myself. I'm not I'm not um, great at self promotion, and uh, social media doesn't really work for me because I'm not I'm not able to. I, I just I'm not able to sell my work. I don't have a salesman in me that I know of. Um, so. so you know, uh, Fanta, they, they did what they could, but sales, and then there was a lot going on in the world, of course. And I wasn't, I wasn't, um, I wasn't ignorant of, of, you know, everything that's happened in the, in the past three or four years. But I also, you know, I spent a few thousand hours on a book. I needed to find a way to reach my audience. So, um, I just put that out there because, well, I've, I've lost teeth from stress these past few years and stuff and anytime i and uh, other is things. that true i've lost four teeth <laughs> from grind from grinding from grinding at night i finally wear i finally uh wisened up and got uh, a mouth a mouth brace but anytime i lost one i would i would get on uh you know instagram or something and i'd say hey i need help and people always stepped up you know and it's uh, it's always been that way you can't do that 28 times though yeah yeah but <laughs> with the fanta thing i was just i i, I knew a my audience was there from past experience, from past sales and such that I just didn't feel I was getting through to them. So I just mentioned it and that it, you know, it was a, it was kind of a load for me at that point. Cause I was just like, you know, I, I got to keep this going, but I can't figure out how. And, yeah, and it was a public low, which is the worst kind of low. Yeah. 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 The one you re the one you kind of regret later on, but, um, what happened happened and it turned out to be to my benefit because it, um, you know, it, people, people stepped up and helped. It's not easy, I guess, just in, in the society to ask for help. We're expected to be individuals. But um, I think, like I mentioned earlier, a great thing about the comics community is, is at least the independent comics community. I, can, I can't speak for other communities. Uh, they tend to take care of each other. Yeah, and one of the other things that really resonated with people, and, and you wrote about this a little bit, was... And I know that I know that this, is, this has since been adjusted and you've had a conversation with fan graphics, but there's a reason why the numbers are what people latched onto because I think that, you know, I'm somebody who's covered the industry for a long time. I have a lot of cartoonist friends, but I never, I, I rarely think about things in terms of the number of units that are sold. So when people can recognize that 
you know, I mean, you know, Frantographics isn't Random House, but they're a huge international corporation. And when a book can sell, I, I think the number was adjusted to like maybe 120 or something. Yeah, it, it was more than three or four. That was just me going by a, um, a, a, a accounting sheet they gave me. And I got I got like, you know, uh, 35 bucks for the year or something like that. And in my head, I just went this many, this many a book two, this many a book one, you know. But uh, yeah, it ended up being a little over a hundred. But there are some return issues that cancel other things out. So yeah, it doesn't matter if it's more if it's more than a hundred if you're getting thirty five dollars at the end of the day, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's kind of where I was. I was like, you know, it's like I just uh, I, publishing doesn't seem to be working for me anymore. Uh, I it, or for me, I don't know how it works for other people. I I I. I some people are doing fine with comics or, but maybe at the same time, we, we don't know the, what numbers people are doing. Maybe, maybe, you know, it's like we, we don't talk about income. We don't talk about numbers because it's considered impolite, I guess, but I tend to be a little more forthright and, um, and, uh, maybe a lot of people out there that I've always assumed were successful that are, you know, at, at the, at my age now, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of cartoonists I've always looked up to are just, you know, dealing with the same struggles every other cartoonist is dealing with trying, trying to make it work. You know, it's, um, but I also think that there is a big difference between the amount of people, the amount of books people sell sold in the nineties and the amount of books that people sell today. Sure. Yeah. That's changing. Uh, I try to be optimistic about it, but uh, people just, you know, with digital, uh, it's just not, as common and with digital, I definitely I've never made anything from comics. You know, I I think I think my comics do okay on Comicsology and stuff, but um, you know, I, I get pennies from it, so it it really means nothing to the artist. And I think I guess it's the same thing the actors and stuff are dealing with today. When it comes to digital, they just they're you know they're cut out. And well, Spotify uh, is a perfect example. Spotify is a, a great example of of musicians not not you know getting what's due to them for their efforts um and i'm not not to say that i would do well if i was to get all the stuff i was supposed to get from digital it's just it's the nature of independent comics uh and independent anything it's uh you don't have a, a huge pr machine behind you so it's much more challenging to find your audience especially in this day and age when there are so many excellent artists, uh, cartoonists, musicians, whatever, that have work to offer. Uh, so I, w- I don't want to call it noise, uh, because there, but there's so much of it, I think people have difficulty distinguishing uh, between, um, you know, one one product or next product or work of art or, or whatever. It's, it's all, when, they're fl- when it's flying by on their screen, it's all kind of one thing anymore. And that's why I decided to step away from Fana. It's like, well, publishing isn't working for me, for me, and I don't really understand publishing right now. I don't know my place in publishing right now. I know I want to do this book, this series, so I'm just going to continue working on it, not away. You know, if an opportunity, I, I want, I'm, I'm planning on self-publishing, and then if I get enough of it of the book done and people start showing interest, then maybe I would talk to a publisher, but I'm just going to return to self-publishing right now because it, I, I don't think anything else makes sense for me at the moment. You probably knew this to a certain extent at the time, but it's been come very clear to you in hindsight that you got really lucky. You had something really special with Chris and, and oh, with Ad House. It was just not a quite, it was quite literally too beautiful to live, you know? 
I, I really can't. I can't say I took it for granted because I've always appreciated Chris. But I think e- even how much he does for you, uh, for the artists, uh, I just I didn't understand, and I didn't assume everybody did it. And I know, like with Fanta, like someone like Eric Reynolds, Eric's very passionate about the work he puts out, and he cared very much for my books. And 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 leaving Fantagraphics, uh, actually, you know, talking to Eric about it was the most difficult part of the aspect. But uh. Chris, uh, the special thing about Ad House is, uh, you know, he just put out a few things a year. He would focus on those few things and he would sell the hell out of it and promote the hell out of it. And he knew how to do it without annoying people. He knew he, he could he could communicate to people how that he loved what he was presenting and that it was special to him and he wanted to share it with other people. And you could see in the production efforts he put into his work and, and how he was at a table, you know, and I spent many, many hours with Chris at uh, tables and just never going to be another one. You know, you had Koyama, which was similar in its way. Cause Annie is, Annie is a very special person too, but she had to step away too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, after a few years, you have to, admit to yourself that this is a, you know, these are passion projects. They're not, they're not, um, they're not realistic when it comes to finances. And I don't, Chris or Chris or Annie or, you know, a lot of people don't, don't concern themselves with that, but you know, there's a limit to how much effort you can put into something. And, you know, there's only limited amounts of energy and Chris, Chris and Annie and and Eric Reynolds are are all very good people um, for what they do for cartoonists. What makes it doubly difficult is that by signing to Fanagraphics, you had achieved this like lifelong dream. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. It's uh, it was it was my uh, it was basically yeah what I wanted to achieve as far as publishing goes. Eventually, I thought I always wanted to get something published by Fanagraphics because in the nineties, it's just when I was reading reading comics, most of them were. Fanographics comics, and I think you know that goes for the same of anybody of our generation that that likes the that like these kind of comics. That, so to be published by them was yeah thrilling. It's very 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 exciting. You know, it's, uh, it's not just Fanographics problems. These these I've, I've been with them since 2016. A lot a lot uh, a lot of ha- has happened in the world in the past seven years. You know, it's just. Uh, the timing wasn't right, I guess. I understand the uh, push to self-publish for, from a financial standpoint, but aren't you effectively just taking on a ton more work? Yes, I am. <laughs> and it's not. I'm not going to sell as many books uh, at this way. It's just I'm, I'm basically receding, just going to focus on this, have a small audience, sell a few books, and um, if, it, if I feel it gets to the point that I can't handle it, but yeah, uh, I, 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 you know, like I said down the road, depending on how not a way goes, because right now it's it's a bit of a struggle. Um, but I, I'm still intent on finishing it, and uh, I really the future is pretty much wide open for me right now. And self publishing is just like okay, I'm going to do this for now until I figure out what net what's next. Do you retain the rights to the older books with uh, Fantagraphics? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I talked. I talked to Eric. Um, I. And you know, I signed the contract, and I when I finally made the decision to part ways, I, I told him I was like, you know, I say this fully, understanding that I'm under contract. So if you guys legally have to keep publishing, um, um, I understand. Uh, but he said he said he wasn't going to hold me to the contract, and that, well, you know, we broke the we agreed to break the contract, and um, basically they're gonna they're gonna finish selling the first two volumes. And he said, if I ever change my mind, the door is open. So, um, it's, 
that's there's that. <laughs> it's like one of those relationships, and you you break up with somebody, and you're like, yeah, I don't I don't hate you, <laughs> you know, it just didn't quite work out. Yeah, it didn't it didn't work out, and which is hard because I like a lot of people at Fanographics, you know, uh, a lot of great individuals there. Um, and I, but I don't I don't I don't think there you know there's no animosity and. Um, I don't think there are any hard feelings. I think I think I was clear enough about my frustrations and what was going on that everybody understood. What does self-publishing entail? One criticism I received over the past few years, only being able to release a book every you know every four or five years, was that it just doesn't come out with great enough frequency. And the issue is, is for me, is fanographics or geez, not a way, um, not a way isn't it's a long book that not really in small chapters. So I, I never planned on releasing it in smaller pieces and serializing it just because I, I'm not writing it that way, you know, but I've, I've started thinking that what I'm, what my current idea is, it's still rolling around in my head, but I, I haven't, I haven't, uh, the plans aren't in stone or anything, but my plan is to once a year um, release the pages that I've done for not away uh, maybe say one year I do 40 pages next year I do 30 pages, 60 pages, whatever. Then I, I re- release that. And in the mean, and uh, along with that release, I'm thinking about doing like a one man, one person, um, anthology type thing where I collect older work, some things I've done over the year, like short, like anthology pieces, illustrations, stuff like that. And then just release a book yearly. And then when I get enough to release a volume, figure things out from there. But that way, at least annually, I would have something new coming out rather than radio silence for five years and then, you know, just throw throw the work out to the void. I have to find another way to, to do it. Yeah, Craig Thompson has been doing that with uh, his latest. I don't know if you followed that at all. I think I, it I might. I think it might be through Uncivilized. It's it's through Uncivilized. I haven't I haven't read it. No, but yeah, it's I. I you know, when I was in like going to Mocha and all that stuff, and like someone would come by the table at that house in like oh seven oh eight, we would try to hand them floppies and uh, uh, like hand people floppies if they were like reviewers or something. Like Chris, would. he would he would he want to get the book reviewed, and uh, it got to the point where nobody would take. They said we don't take staples, you know, so anything with staples in it they wouldn't review. So at that point, people started moving towards you know releasing these thicker books, these these graphic novels, and. Uh, now it seems people want smaller, smaller uh, quantities at once, you know. Um, so it's just I, I can't keep up with market stuff very well. So maybe it's not the right time for an eighteen hundred page uh, uh, sci-fi comic, but you know that's that's the boat I'm in. <laughs> yeah, I think the days of uh, was it Duncan the Wonder Dog yeah. might be over yeah. at this point. Yeah, Duncan the Wonder Dog is a good example, but I'm. I'm determined. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I'm determined to finish this comic. How mapped out is the thing at this point? I've written everything. Uh, I just yeah. have to draw it. That's the problem. The drawing takes much longer than... Because I, I knew it was going to be long when I started it. Um, and I wanted to make sure it had an ending worth working towards. So in order to do that, mm-hmm. I had to write it. Uh, I mean, of course, like say when I start working on volume four, uh, it's not like I know all the dialogue and stuff. I still have to write all of that, but I know the basic story, stru- story structure. And uh, when I worked for HBO, they needed a Bible. Um, so I, I actually took the opportunity to type it up. It ended up being like a 60 page document, the whole story. And I was really nervous get, giving that to them. Cause I knew it'd be another 20 some years before I even got to the final book, you know? 
like writing the final nod away. So it's uh, it's only the information is only out there in one place, but it is it is written out. It's just you know drawing comics uh, the way I draw comics takes a long time. Sorry, what was the HBO deal? Oh, uh, back back in sixteen or seventeen, they contacted me wanting to adapt not away. Uh, they contacted me directly rather than doing a, uh, you know, through a production company or something. I, maybe they were trying something out with one of their executives. Um, but anyway, the, for about two and a half years, I worked with HBO and uh, working on. Well, they they put me with a showrunner, which I don't know if I can legally talk about who they were, but it was uh, a filmmaker I had I had a lot of respect for. Um, but uh, there were it was a very frustrating two and a half years, and the project fell apart. Um, which was fine by me by the time I was before, before my time was even done, I, I was to the point where I was like, you know, like I'm stepping back. I, I, I really don't want any part of this anymore. Uh, I just, it wasn't going the right direction for me and I was uncomfortable with it. It sounds like the, the experience afforded you a lot oh, as far as, you know, mapping it out and like getting paid effectively to work on the story. It was a great, it was a great opportunity. Uh, and I, I don't regret doing it, but I've also learned that I, I, if, if anybody should come, you know, with an option again, I'll, I'll be sure to draw some boundaries beforehand. <laughs> but as far as like a learning experience, uh, and, and, and yeah, it was, it was invaluable. Um, it was, it was worth it. I just, uh, it was, I'm, I'm glad it's in the past. I think a deal like that, you have to either a understand that like nobody Nobody gets full freedom yeah. over <laughs> over that, you know. <laughs> yeah, and 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 if you can be, um, you know, if you can be zen about it and just uh, appreciate that it's maybe a paycheck that won't come along. But I also understand why you would you have a lot invested in this thing that you've been working. Yeah, on for a long well, time. I'm pretty protective of it, and they knew it from the beginning. But um, or I expressed it from the beginning. I'm not sure how much of what I say gets through um, sometimes. But um, being on the spectrum, um, being zen about it, unfortunately, ended up being not possible. And that was the problem because they kept, you know, stepping on my toes. Thinking about like Driven by Lemons in particular, I have a copy of it somewhere, but I, I reread some of it through your blog. And, you know, it's um, pages and pages of text scrawl. Mm. When you go back and look at some of your work, like knowing this thing about yourself now, does it? Make more sense? Re- oh yeah, absolutely. Because reevaluated uh, both sk- skyscrapers is about growing up autistic, and driven by lemons is about having autistic meltdowns. And I didn't know what was happening mm. at the time. I just knew I was experiencing something that was not necessarily unique, but af- affecting me very much. You know, and those two books were my way of um, well, just that's how I use art. That's how I use comics is a means of figuring things out uh, infinite cuck i don't know if you read that as i was really struggling with uh what's been happening the past couple of years with the pandemic and the insurrection and everything and and the only i, I wanted to work on not away but the only way i could move forward was get this out of my system so uh but yes i certainly i've considered going back and even I, they're out of print now skyscrapers and lemons and i've considered not annotating but noting that i wrote these about autism without knowing what was wrong with me. I was just trying to figure it out. And both were crucial to me finally getting to the point where I understood what what it was. It was all part of the process. Um, 
and uh, if I didn't have if I didn't have art, I, I I don't know what I would do because that's the only way I figure things out. I think there's a lot of value in talking about this, and I think you've taken some good first steps again with the 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 work that you're doing on the blog. But honestly, there, there's a way here to appeal to a lot more people. I don't know I don't know quite how to connect the dots there, but the fact that you that it is this experience that you had that a lot of people have and that a lot of people for, you know, I mean, when we were younger, it wasn't diagnosed as much as it is now. It's, it's definitely, it's never really been diagnosed that much in women. Like there, you know, all, all sorts of, well, it's just so much more understanding. I'm sure you've read up on it, but also it's like, you know, as you know, very difficult to get diagnosed later in life. It is, uh, the diagnosis itself, I when I was still trying to figure things out, and after a couple of years after I had diagnosed, self-diagnosed, I because I, they say it's okay, so I don't go around telling people I'm autistic, but I'm like I'm pretty sure I'm autistic. Yeah, uh, it got to the point where I wanted to get diagnosed because I needed some people in that close to me to believe me. Because one of the problems of being adult autistic is you've been masking and and getting along for You're so high functioning. Long. You're high, yeah, yeah. So they they don't see that you're actually, you know, it's quite a struggle and all the depression and stuff and anxiety I uh, experience, and other people in the spectrum experience is is from not being able to conform. Um, so I finally I finally decided to get the diagnosis, and I read how difficult it was, um, and how how you had to go through so many stages, and how it was so expensive because they primarily they primarily just help white rich kids specifically boys like you were saying uh, uh, generally it's it's easier to get covered as a kid than as an adult i with yeah the sure, sure. There's, there's 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 that too uh so you know but here in the middle of rural missouri there's there's there, there's not even a psychiatrist within 100 miles you know a therapist um so i was like well what do i do who do i talk to so i remember growing up my uh an ex-girlfriend, uh, her brother was autistic and I always enjoyed being around him. And he, uh, I remember he lived in a community about 30 miles from here with other, uh, neurodivergent, um, mentally disabled people. So I was like, well, maybe there's someone up there. And I looked up there and there was a person, uh, that's qualified to, uh, diagnose. And I just sat down with her for a couple hours, my wife and I, and she asked me a bunch of and, um, she, she, uh, you know, we met a few times and everything, and she ended up diagnosing me. But I didn't have to go through all the rigmarole. I was recently formally diagnosed with uh, OCD. There was a lot of overlap between the two. Sure. Yes, comorbidities. Yeah, OCD is difficult. I don't know how much you know about OCD, but... I'm OCD. I don't have to explain this to you, but when people think of OCD, they think of the C in OCD. They think of the compulsions. They think of, like, flipping light switches on and off and all these things. And, and that's all oh, accurate, but... Yeah, sure. The O is the, the the really scary part about it, and that I think is a has been a very valuable thing to me of realizing that having, you know, I mean, it sounds really silly saying it out loud, but just having a thought doesn't make you a terrible person. I I don't think it's silly because I agree because uh, uh, you know those those words OCD autism they 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 can only define so much, but to have that word, you can look at what's behind the problem of what's creating it of, of, and it helps, it can really, really help to understand that it's not your fault. You know, it's, uh, 
because that, that's one of the things that's bothered me all my life is just like you know it's like everybody tells me i'm okay but uh, I, so, so i must be doing something wrong myself and you tend to start internalizing and blaming yourself for things that are you know physiologically out of your control so uh i understand i understand that completely I'm not an astrology person i don't you know if people are into astrology that's great um i don't have any issues with it i'm not personally but i liken it to like one day just getting the most accurate horoscope of your life <laughs> where like, yeah, Oh, so, yeah. you read down the list and you're like, Oh, <laughs> if I had known this 20 years ago, things would be different. My life would be completely different if I would have received some diagnoses in my teens. But you know, my, I, I, I always, my, I'm sure my parents feel some guilt for, you know, not being able to help me when I was younger, but the, the the information wasn't there. You know, it's still not here. I had to bring it. I had to figure it out myself. You know, and that's what a lot of us are doing is figuring it out for ourselves. Um, but um, yeah, it, just just to have a name for it and to think, okay, this is something that's out of my control. Let me worry about the things I can control. You know, and and then things might balance out a little bit better. You had said that. Uh, the valuable thing for diagnosis for you was that there were people in your life who wouldn't believe it without it. When you, when, when you were able to sort of show them this, you know, when you, when you were, I guess, validated, whatever, whatever the right word is, were they surprised? Uh, some, some people close to me still don't believe it. It's been a difficult time uh, as far as that goes, but, but, but uh, yes, they, they just were unsure until I was like, this you know this piece of paper signed says I'm autistic level one. You know, it's like I, I swear to you, I'm not making this shit up. <laughs> and yeah, they were they were surprised. It's like I was right. You know, it's like and it's, there's no vindication in that. I, I don't feel vindicated. I just I just want people. I, I think everything I do is just working towards understanding. And I, I've I've had difficulty with communicating people all my life. Like you and I are sitting here talking fine, but I, I can't. I can't articulate exactly what I want to say, typically. You know, when we were talking about doing this a few months ago, you said, I, I just, I can't right now. Yeah, and I, I have to draw, I have to be able to tell people. And some people don't take it kindly. They get upset if I say I can't. I just, some people don't like to be told no. But I've, it's something I've learned, and, and especially since I've been diagnosed, I, I was like, okay, I know I am this, uh, whatever this term actually means. I, I, I'm not wrong. Um, so I can I can draw boundaries more easily, knowing that I'm in the right by saying my mind can't handle this right now. You know, and it's and it's important for everybody to do that. I think we just we aren't people get offended if you if you do it, and it's, it's it shouldn't really be that way. We should be able to listen to each other and say, okay, let's try again later. Yes, and yeah, it's just back back then I had I had a couple people reach out to me about interviews, just you know because everything that was happening. It was very frustrating because I'm talking about I need I need to reach a bigger audience or my audience, but I I can't. My body and mind won't cooperate, and it's so dang frustrating. Even like making a, a, a conscious decision to get off social media is not a thing that everybody does. I don't want to get too grim, but I've been pretty low in my life, and um, driven by lemons is about you know, pulling myself out from these depths where I, well, I, I mean, I, I'm, I want to be straightforward. So I'll say I, I deal with suicidal ideation, uh, if I get low enough. Uh, and it's not when I, when I say that people think, uh, I, I think people have a cartoony movie idea of what suicide 
suicidal ideation is is because it's not something i want in my head it's it's a it's a compulsion it's related to ocd i believe where it's like it's just like okay well you you probably ought to do this you ought to take care of this it's an obsessive thought it's yeah it's an obsessive thought it's casual and i you know it feels separate from me and that's what makes you feel crazy i think that this is all super useful well you know helpful for people who especially for people who like don't have that word for it I want to help. Yeah. I mean, I want to help people because I, I, that's what's helped me realize or once, once having the diagnosis has helped me realize so many things I can see in the comics industry, how many, how many of us, uh, how many of us are on the spectrum and how you can sort of kidding me sometimes. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, in the creative art, in in the arts at all, you're going to find, you know, far more. Yeah. But there's, there's something about, comics as a solitary and act things in boxes, man. <laughs> yeah, and things in boxes. And boxes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's uh it's a solitary act that you can do all day you never get tired of it um and you get you get to organize information and that's that's a great feeling for people on the spectrum and i've realized that i'm drawn to comics because it's my natural way of organizing information these past few years have just gotten so heavy that you know, I just, this stuff is triggering me over and over again. And it's just from scrolling. Creating and, and consuming are two different things, but obviously they're, they're linked. You just made it you, one day. You just decided this just needs to stop for a while. And I just need to not log into Instagram well, or whatever. Help. And, yeah, and then it's like what I was going back to earlier. It's like before I wasn't able to draw lines for myself. I just keep going. But I realize like I, I, I'm a person that needs lines drawn and I have to say social media is making me sick right now. I need to step away from it. You know, it's like, I don't need I don't need suicidal ideation from looking at a tablet or a cell phone. It's not it's it's silly to put myself in this situation to just constantly feel like I'm being hit, you know, by especially on those some of those bad news days uh, from the past couple of years. Um, and it's not I'm hi- I'm not hiding from it. I, I but I have to protect myself from it because I can't function at all if it keeps hitting me, you know. Um, so my distancing from social media is just, I, I can't, I love seeing other people's work. It makes me so happy to be around, see other artists and everything. But, but when it comes to the socio-political aspect, the dominance of uh, white supremacy and fascism, uh, re- the re- rhetoric anyway on social media is incredibly disturbing for me. Uh, and um, I, I can't, I want to change it. And there's nothing I can do to change it, but staying on there is making me f- feel sick. You know, I just, I, I can't do it. I have to step away. Even if you want to get away from it while you're on there, the algorithm won't let you. The algorithm, man, that it gets me. It, it knows it's, it's just punishing. I, yeah, I, I just, I can't, I can't, if it's not going to be responsible, I'm not going to get involved. You know, everybody experienced, not everybody. Maybe everybody. Most people experience some form of it for the last three <laughs> I'd years. Say in these last few years, if people haven't experienced burnout, then I, I, I don't, don't know, know how to they're doing it. Yeah, certainly everybody's experienced it at, at some point in their life. But I have this sense that autistic burnout and like neurotypical burnout are not the same thing. But I don't know what the distinction is. Uh, I'd have to think about it. I would say that they're very similar. It's just autistic takes it to a point where you begin, begin to shut down, uh, emotionally or psychologically and physically, uh, uh, you're tired, you're exhausted. It keeps happening. You can't step away. Everybody has their threshold. I just, I guess maybe a threshold where you're able 
Well, you're talking about the difference between being able to function and not being able to function. It's a matter. I mean, I think a lot of people experiencing burnout these few years, they're still able to push through and, um, and deal with the burnout. Uh, autistic burnout is to the point where you can't function anymore. And it's dangerous because you could get to the point of a meltdown and a meltdown is when a burnout has gone so on so long that your body's like, okay, well, if you're not going to take care of this, I'm going to. And the meltdowns are, are the worst. Um, it, uh, burnout leads to meltdown. Uh, and, uh, that's what Driven by Lemons was about. And uh, I had another meltdown while I was creating Infinite Cuck. Uh, Infinite Cuck, I know, is like, you know, it's a it's a humorous satire. But I was I was really, you know, really low when I made that comic. Um, and I had a meltdown while I was making it. And um, but I, I would say that's the main distinction is is uh, typical burnout doesn't hospitalize you. Whereas neurodivergent burnout, if you don't monitor it and take care of it um you could wind up in danger you learn basically you lose complete control over your um, mind and body it's terrible throughout any of this um did, did you ever consider leaving comics or at least you know an extended hiatus um yes uh i was doing pretty well after driven by lemons i was feeling a lot better i i met my wife and we were we we she's an artist and i've i found that having a relationship with another artist was a very healthy thing for me because they understand um the time you need the the mental time the studio time everything else so it was a healthy relationship and i was doing well and i was getting not away to a point where i was actually going to start writing it i started writing it back in 08 um and uh i was going to start like writing dialogue and breaking things down and um we had a, a fire in Chicago, our apartment fire. We caught, our, caught fire. And we, we uh, basically, long story short, we, we without a home for a few months, we, you know, couch surfed and we finally made it back to here in Missouri where we built a house. But that was even a few months from a few months later. Uh, during that time, I seriously, I was already kind of seriously considering stepping away because uh, I was frustrated with, you know, comics. It's, it's frustrating. You can't make a living at it, and and you know the, the the there's a vocal population that hates your work online, and it's it's just uh, why am I doing this? What what's the purpose? Uh, I may as well just be creating for myself. But um, I, I after the fire, uh, and we were building the house, there was a period of two years there where I just had no routine, and not making comics felt pretty good. Um, and uh, the longer it went on is like, you know, it's like, do I need to return to this? Do I want to, do I want to keep doing this to myself? And after my son was born, after that two year period, we finished building the house. My son was born a week later and, uh, I was like, okay, well I better do something, I guess. And, uh, I, I was like, if I'm going to make this art thing work, I could either, you know, do painting, which is difficult, or I could do comics, which I've been doing for a long time. And it's difficult, but I, I, I do love it, you know. And my love brought me back around to making Nottaway. Um, but there was a couple of years there where I considered not doing, not coming back to doing anything. Ultimately, there was a little bit of, I mean, it's it's funny to say, but like there, there was some like fi- uh, financial incentive in it. Well, I was either that or since we moved back here, I, I would have to work at a factory full time, you know. Cause that's about all there is around here is factories and farms. Um, so I was like, 
do I want to spend all my energy in a factory and then draw afterwards or do I, or I make this work? And it's like, I can't say I'm making it after that was about the decision too. the time where I told you I haven't worked since 2012, like a regular job. I was like, I I can either do this factory thing or I I can, I can draw. And I was like, I have to make comics work because I don't know (laughs) how to do anything else. So, you know, besides, besides clean out grease traps or, or stock groceries, which, you know, it's like everybody has skills. Yeah. I've done it before, but and I'd rather not anymore. So I'm I'm doing still doing my best to make this work. You know, I can think of one obvious downside of you know not not being able to attend shows like you used to. But um, how much does location actually matter when you do what you do? I don't. I'm not so sure it matters. Um, it's hard to say because I I don't know. There's so many factors that have changed my relationship to the comics industry quote unquote Mm -hmm. these past few years so it's hard for me to say but i felt those first few years especially working on not away i was i could be anywhere doing that and that's one of the reasons why i moved home and uh, moved back to this area and my my what my uh my partner was willing to because um you're able to living in chicago i'd have i rent's expensive you know, and I have to, I have to, uh, work full time just to have an apartment where I may have some energy left over to make comics. And that's where I was in 2010 or so. I was like, you know, like, I'm getting older. I'm in my, I'm in my, at that point or early mid thirties. And I was like, I, I, at that point, even I started noticing I wasn't having as much energy. I couldn't pull all nighters like I used to, you know, I couldn't do stuff like that. And I was like, okay, I have to, I have to find a different way. So that's the reason primarily we moved back here is, uh, we were able to, we built our own house, my wife and I to save money and just, we, we did whatever we could to save money. And once we have this house and this studio space, then we can pay property taxes. No one will bother us and we can just stay here and work on our stuff, you know? Um, so, uh, it, one, one of the ways we're able to make it work is, is we don't have to pay rent and stuff, but we're in a very privileged position where my family, you know, bought land a hundred years ago here and it's you know not everybody can move to the country and build a house i'm I'm fully aware of that but since we were in a unique position to do so we decided to and that's one of the ways i'm able to make it work is i i don't have a lot of it's very cheap living here is is one of the benefits of say versus living in chicago i I have to have a job or two in chicago whereas here I, i can get by without one you mentioned that there aren't any therapists um nearby is is there any kind of uh, artistic community that you're able to participate in no there's nothing i have no community here uh, all community i have is is through keeping in touch with people online i i have i lived in kansas city um for many years and it's south of here about 70 miles so once every so often we go down there and i have old friends uh there that are uh, is still part of the art community so i consider them my art community and i consider the comics community my community but i it's one of the reasons why i do want to get to shows occasionally because it's the only way i can really get around other like-minded people um it's it's isolating here, but comics and being an artist is an isolating thing and we're raising kids. So we wouldn't be doing much socially anyway. Um, so, um, it's working out fine right now, but I'd say, I'd say the primary deficiency we have is lack of, uh, any sense of community. What an absolute modern nightmare it is that social media is the cause of, you know, so much, 
so, so much uh, burnout and, and so many terrible feelings, but it's also this lifeline that you've had. Yeah, well, it's the only way I have to stay in touch with people. And that's why I, it's, I hate to say love, hate, because I don't, I don't really love it, but I, I want to be in touch with, with these people in my community. But, and really, social media is the only way. And I think the most frustrating thing about social media or inter- the internet in general is we have the capacity now to achieve so much and we have so much available to us. And we default squander it on hate and arguing and it, it drives me nuts. It's like it's we have everything we need at this point to progress uh, if, if, if true progress is possible as a civilization and we're squandering it. And that's, that's what kills me right now is just, it makes me unbearably sad that you feel powerless as you see this happen. I don't know. I just, I hope, I hope, I hope we learn a little, uh, online maturity, uh, and how we, we deal with each other online and, and civility. Cause there's very little civility in what, in what we do. Um, not you and I, of course, but just, you know, in general, we all we, get, we have our moments on Twitter. Yeah. We have our individual moments, of course, but it's to, to realize the potential and actually utilize the potential of having not infinite, but it's going to feel like it to a human infinite information in, in your pocket. You know, it's, um, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe we, we need to be more grateful for what we actually have. And I think it's easy to take, to take all of this for granted. Does working on this book, does making comics, is that still a, a source of excitement for you? Very much. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I do everything I can to, to make it so I can sit here at this chair every day. Cause it's, it's what I really want to do. And this year has been very frustrating. I've only gotten about five pages of not away done because huh. I've had to pick up so many freelance projects. Um, it's just, you know, it's like, I know my project is there. I want to work on it, but I have to make ends meet first. It's, I've, it's, I don't want to relegate it to, uh, uh, to hobby level, but I, I don't, I don't feel I have a choice, you know, as a, as an adult, as a father, as a partner, I, I, I have to hold up my end and make sure that's taken care of before I do something as frivolous as make comics. Cause apparently it's frivolous to do this. <laughs> I just, you know, I would, it, in an ideal world, I'd be able to make, sit down and make comics every day and, and, and make a living. But we, we, we live very far from an ideal world, at least in my eyes. <laughs>